Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, you have given many words to us this day. But enlighten our hearts and our spirits that we may be receptive to the words that are most powerful, needing to touch us in the places that you know we need to be touched. Dr. Martin Luther King said, psychological freedom, a firm sense of self-esteem, is the most powerful weapon against the long night of physical slavery. I ask you, Lord, that we understand that we are no longer enslaved, that we are free, that we would live free under your will for our lives. Help us, O Lord, to call upon you each and every day. Call upon you for your steadfast love and for the Holy Spirit that gives us wisdom and saves our souls. Cover us with your Spirit that our ears and our eyes may hear and see the wonders of your world. God, nurture us with your word. Move me behind the cross that the words of my mouth may be sweet meditations upon your heart and your soul this day. Thank you for those of our saints that have gone on before us that have deposited great wisdom into our spirit. Let it flourish this day that we may be fearless servants for the Most High God. Let your love be enough. In the name of the Most High God, in the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Kevin LaFleur, you did a great job. It's tough to read sometimes about the book of Corinthians. The Corinthians had an interesting background, and they were under moral immorality and siege. And part of this book, we always remember 1 Corinthians about the story about love, you know, which everybody, just about everybody can quote that 1 Corinthians 13 chapter. Ushers, you may be seated. I thank you for your diligence. Amen. Um, but a lot of times the rest of the book of Corinthians, we struggle with reading that because it talks about the immorality of people, the immorality of humanity, the immorality of sinful nature. The sermon title today is simply called Under the Fig Tree. And I want to give you a little background so this whole message will be brought together rather succinctly. But under the fig tree, a fig tree is a tree that originated in the Mediterranean area. When it came from its original source, the fig tree was like a bush. So you can imagine somebody saying, I saw you under the fig tree. Literally, it would be a tree that may be this size and it can grow as large as 30 feet high depending on the climate, depending on how it's nurtured, but a fig tree bears sweet fruit. There's also scripture that says the fig tree was once cursed by Jesus Christ. But then after the cursing, the scripture goes on in the book of Matthew and talks about how not only did he curse the tree, but he showed in his ever-loving grace and mercy for the curse to be reversed. But today we're focusing more on the book of John and understanding what it means to be seen under the fig tree. If you think about being seen under this tree, you have to be really, really short for me to see you standing under this tree. Amen? Amen. So visualize how a person ready to become a disciple for Jesus Christ was seen under the fig tree. He had to be kneeling. He had to be praying. He had to be 
laying on the ground to be under a fig tree. Think about it, students. Some of the greatest things was can I get taller than my grandmother, my grandfather, my mom and dad. But if they notice you under the fig tree, you'd almost be like you hiding under these. You know when your parents would call your name and you try to hide out in another section of the house. Because you know they was calling you for some work. <laughs> W-O-R-K, work around the house. I called a young man a while back and I was trying to get in touch with him because he wanted to talk about some things about house. And he said, uh, ma'am, I can't talk to you right now. He said, because for me to live in this house, I have to work. And my dad has given me an assignment and it's got to be done right now. He said, you don't have to call me later. I'll have to call you later. But I have to respond to the call. So part of what we're going to look at today in John's gospel is the calling of the first disciples. You realize that there were some first disciples. Can you say first disciples? Before we came along, there were some other disciples. Amen? And it's interesting because a lot of us know the names of all the disciples. And when I went through this passage, I went back to all the other gospels and, and looked up, you know, all the names, you know, Peter, Paul, and Andrew, and I looked up all the names, and I said, who is this Nathaniel? I read about him, I understand him, but I was like, I haven't seen him with the other disciples. Did he fall out early on? Did he get in trouble? The bottom line is, this passage in John has a lot of firsts in it. And I want to share some of those with you as I set this up. The book of John, reading and teaching about the first disciples, this book really tells us about what it means to be a disciple for Jesus Christ and who John thought Jesus was. Have we ever asked the question, really, who is Jesus to us? Is he the son of God? Is he the son of man? Is he the rabbi? Is he the son of Joseph and Mary? Is he the king of Israel? Who is Jesus to me? And I love an acronym, so just keep this in mind. I know we're talking about a physical fig tree, but the tree I want you to keep in your mind is greater than the bush, is larger than the tree, and fig stands for faith in God. Amen? Can you imagine being found under faith in God? Can you imagine standing in the world and God calls your name? Because he sees the faith in you that you have in him. Ain't that good? Because faith in God is the attraction. Faith in God is what God connects to in all of us. It doesn't matter whether the faith is this big or the faith is larger than large. It's a matter of him saying, have faith in me. And I'm looking for it in you. For you see, today's message simply is about under the fig tree. There are four particular narratives that bring all this passage together. 
I looked at the Old Testament reading. I looked at the Psalm reading. And I looked at the Old Testament, the New Testament, as well as the letters. And they all blended together, simply trying to help us understand what it means to be called a disciple for Jesus Christ. If I only focus on the first Samuel reading, which is first Samuel three, verses one through ten, the model of the discipleship that's there would cause us to make sure we could hear God. Well you see, Samuel is called. And he keeps going back and forth to Eli saying, Did you call me? Eli said, I didn't call you. Did he hear it once again? Did you call me? He said, I ain't called you. Go back to bed, man. I ain't called you. But we had that kind of feeling in our house. We hear something, and then we go to the kids and say, Did you hold that? Did you just call my name? Uh-uh. No, we didn't call you. Uh, somebody in here called my name. But can you imagine Samuel saying, If Eli didn't call me, I know I heard somebody calling my name. And didn't just to sit in the midst of God and know that God has called. So if I just focused on that part, we have to understand that sometimes the calling is not about the human source of who's calling your name, but about the divine source. That knows your name, calls you until you hear it. And even if nobody else can confirm that you've been called or can hear you a man called, you know that you know that you know that you know the God above has called your name. But you see, the Old Testament reading reminds us that we need to understand who's calling us and how important it is to be responsive. Anybody got a cell phone here? No, you ain't got a cell phone. apparatus associated in your life. There's a lot of new things in the system now. Call ID, call reverse, call whatever. Picture taking, calling. I mean, you can just catch all kind of stuff with the telephone. And sometimes the greatest challenge is just picking up the phone and getting a call. Amen? Amen. After the storm, we got some new telephones. And some of y'all have called the house and I'm there, but I just can't figure out how to get from one phone to call or waiting and whatever else, and I'll drop the call. <laughs> and it's nothing like the children to say, Mom, you need call telephone training, because you're doing lousy. But I thank God that he doesn't drop us like I drop the call sometimes. He keeps calling until he gets you. He keeps calling until you acknowledge that he has called your name. Amen? And that's good news. So the thing is, know who's calling you. But realize that he's going to call until you pick up the phone. So you can bury the phone. You can put the phone in another room. You can leave the phone in the the, the car. You can turn the phone off. But he's going to call until he gets you. But then if I focused on the Psalm 139 reading, which is a powerful reading, it's Psalm 139, 1 through 6, 13 through 18, it says, Oh, Lord, you search me and you know me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts 
from far away. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. And then it goes on in verse 17 says, How vast the sum of all of them. I may try to count them. They are more than the sand I come to the end. But I am still with you. The important part there is that the Psalm 139 passage says a lot about God reminding us that he has searched us in every way, shape, form, or fashion. He knows our coming, our going. He knows when we went in the refrigerator. He knows when we ate M&M's. He knows when we said we was going to the gym and went to the candy store. He knows when we said we weren't going to the mall and been at the mall. He knows when we told somebody we were going fishing and we just sitting there watching TV. He knows everything about us, the good, the bad, the loving, and all things, and gives us grace to say, I still, still wait on you. I still know you. But he searches us not only to recognize, but to say to us, I know the righteousness in you. Whether you've discovered it or not, I still know it, and I'm looking for it, and I'm waiting for you to see what it is. All right, so you see, when you move from Psalm 139, knowing that he searches you and knows you, it's rather humbling. It'll back you right up against the wall. You know all that? He knows all that, this friend of He knows all that. And you just saying he won't tell nobody. Because what he knows, and even what he knows that he knows, he still loves us in the heart. That's grace. That's mercy. That's persistence. That's the awareness that in spite of it all, he still loves us and invites us into the kingdom. Yeah, Kevin read the first Corinthians passage boldly. All right. 716? You driving? Yes, ma'am. Got a job? Now I ask you a question. No, ma'am. Okay, that's a good answer. You know what I'm saying? Get the good answer. Well, you see, he's a young man in Christ. Baptized in the Holy Spirit. Knows who he belongs to. And reading a passage about fornication this early in life ought to just give him a hand clap of praise. The fact that he read it in the name of Jesus. When I worked with young people, I used to tell them, I understand we have committed our lives to Christ. We got to press on to the higher calling. Yes, your soul is set, but I got to talk to your flesh every day. And you need to know this talk to it too. Because it'll walk you out of some blessings into some mess. And God said, I still love you in heart. Right, we all sinners saved by God. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. And it's all the books were opened Thank up. Thank you. And all the mirrors were shined upon us. That would convict some of us that we even needed our life. Say, Pastor, are you sure you want us to be that? <laughs> That's not the love joy for Sunday. But the reality of it all is that we are all sinners Amen. saved by grace. And maybe your sin isn't fornication. Maybe your sin is lying, cheating, stealing, jacking folk up. Whatever your sin is, it still has the same result. It separates you from the love of Christ. It puts your attention on the sin 
and takes you away from living righteously to God. And that brings me back to the fig tree. If we want to live righteously, we got to learn how to bow down to the Most High God. We got to learn how to kneel and be. We have to learn to submit unto the Lord because he has a will and a way and a place and a process for us to walk through. But can you imagine him saying, this is my body broken for you. This is my temple. Don't share with a heart. Don't say it with a dude in the streets. Don't be a fool. And so the reality of it is, is Corinthians calls us into a relationship of action. He's saying, you mine. And I don't need you to mess up. You know, I love you. I still need you to be right for me. And he goes on to identify how important it is to glorify God. Amen. Even if you notice, you notice, you know, I thought people say, well, guys, I can't come to church until I get myself together. Truth be told, no. can't get yourself together until you do come no. and submit unto God. Amen. You can't get, if you can get yourself together all by yourself out in the street, Lord knows. It would have already been done. Amen. Because your credit wouldn't be bad like that. And your Anyhow, because he extends to us grace and an example of how to walk upright for him. So you see, God calls all of us. We are all called to bring our gifts to the kingdom. And we miss your gifts. We miss the people who are supposed to be sitting here. And their gifts too. Imagine if that section was filled. How many people you think are sick here? Dr. Finney, calculate. 45. She said 45. And 45. She said 45. She said Let's just say a couple people can squeeze in there next to you, Miss Shaw. You think so? How about behind you?
But when it gets personal, he call you by the name your family used to call you. He'll call you baby. he call you my girl. He might even call you Suki. <laughs> you know all the sweet family names you have? He'll call you by your name. Amen. It's up to us to take the action and answer. He's naming us, and the scripture's teaching us how he is named. But he's calling each of us to do his world in a sin-sick nation, in a world that needs to see the face of Christianity in the light. The hope of God is not the fear. The hope of God is the righteousness that people ought to see in you, and in you, and in you. The innocence and the humility in the childlike eyes. You ever see a child smile at you? The whole thing lights up. Amen. Their cheeks, their eyes, you can see it. But somehow in our weariness of the world, we forget about our fig tree. Jesus found Nathan under the fig tree. He simply said to Nathan, when he asked the question, Nathaniel, Nathaniel said, where did you know me? How did you know to call my name? If Nathaniel was a brother in the 21st century, he might have dreadlocks. He might have a little roughness to him. You looking for me, Jesus? I asked you to call my name. Beeping my cell phone, blowing it up. Who gave you the number? I unlisted in the name of Jesus. He said, I saw you under the fig tree. I see the faith you have in me, whether you know what it is yet. For you see, the gospel message reminds us that we are to follow Jesus. Maybe you are a filler. And as soon as God called your name, you went to run. Hey, my name was him. I got it. I got it. I hear you, Jesus. Well, maybe you're the Nathaniel in the family. Till he showed me something, I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> or maybe you're the one that they asked the question, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Can anything come out of South Bronx? Can anything good come out of the West Side? Can anything good come out of Port Arthur? Can anything good come out of your house? My house. Every place else in the world. It's not about the location. It's simply asking the question. Can anything good come out? The answer is yes, 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 yes. And that's why Jesus says, I called you. And then some of us say, I'm going to come, but I want to come and see first. I'm a little doubtful. I'm a doubtful Thomas. I need to see how this hookup is going to happen. He said, come. And see. And then again, the question is, where did you find my name? How'd you know me? Why are you calling me? And some of us are good track stars. Ain't never ran on a track team. But we good track stars. I don't know whether we 440 relay. 
or whether we hundred yard dash. I don't know which one we are, but we just are running in all the directions. <laughs> I hate to tell you, it's a full circle kind of lesson. You can run all down the corner, go around the edge, come back up Seventh Street, uh, Red some Howard Boulevard, come on down, wrap around the 87, 73, whatever. You can run all the way around the city. But at some point, you're going to get tired. He's still looking for you. He's still calling your name. Because he said, I saw you under the tree. I saw you under the fig tree. Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The blessedness of it all is once he causes, your life is further transformed. Now, you may try to go back to the refrigerator and convince yourself that the commitment you made right before, you don't need to say that because you really ain't that sick and you ain't going to know more about this because they ain't going to tell you nothing else. You can say all that that you want to say. But your body is a temple of the Lord. If you let it live in sin, it's going to produce sinful ways. Hurt people hurt people. Sinful people call other people into sin. But it's until we come into the way of Jesus Christ and we know our lives have been transformed that we struggle in our own transformation. But I say struggle no more. You know what he calls the name? Answer the call. You know what he calls the name? He says, be a powerful young man in Jesus Christ. Stand boldly. I don't know who's going to walk up to you and say, man, what you into? I ain't seen you with that sweet little honey yet. What's the deal, dude? We don't step to stand all over the stage. I know somebody's talking to you, but bam, let's get it together. I ain't put you on the spot, brother, but you are sharp in the name of Jesus Christ. And you need to walk in your sharpness. And there's a sharp young lady and a sharp young man. And I mean... But well, peace, I can't answer all the questions. I know the young little sister's talking. <laughs> but you ain't old enough to respond. Here, call it Jesus Christ. I'm worried about the little young sister. They're coming down. Yeah. <laughs> ain't no need to overcome it. And the Lord said, this is a temple that I preserve for special occasions. Right. Right. Don't bust out in the flesh because what goes out, God can return and do something new. But you don't want to live in that mess. Amen. Get yourself all upside down and he's trying to bless you. Amen. And there's some old people out here saying, you know, I just want to preach. <laughs> 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 I know some, some, a little companion on the
，说到了嘛，再见，再到了，到了，今天还要唱起来的，两块还要再唱，唱不来了，哎呀，奶奶，今天，杨皮子，老皮子，你先别挨了，我来问个，哎，哥，你先 ，I'm calling you now， 这边我来问你。Whether you're the most senior in season to the youngest of babies, right, God wants us to live righteously. Man, man. One thing you don't want to do is look back over your life and have to say, "If I should, woulda, coulda." I wouldn't have went. I wouldn't have turned left when He told me to stay right. But if we've turned left and we haven't heard the call, and we're afraid to answer the call because we're afraid of the commitment that comes with the call, if we're afraid to sing and you say don't sing, and you say I don't want to sing because I got to come to practice, stop negotiating. Show up and sing. All right, now. If your gift is ushering, I don't like practice. I never like the meeting. Then guess what? Get past your dislike and come to the meeting and share your glory. Amen. If you are an elder in the church and you have this one gift, and all the gifts you like to do is talk on the telephone, then you become the calling committee for the United Methodist woman group that you in and just call it like that. Shall I see you on Monday night? That's your gift. And every gift needs to be used in the kingdom. And lastly, I say. Our faith is in God. Our faith is not in the radio station. Our faith ain't in rap music. Our faith ain't in the the, the money. And 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 I have to say this: some of us didn't realize how good we could live until we had to escape the soul. Living without our soul. Didn't know where it was. Didn't know whether it was burned up, fried up, watered up. Whatever. Yeah. We were lit. I mean, then it was all. Going to bed and say, "Can I bring that with me?" And God said, "I gave you what you need. Right. Yeah. I brought you where you need to be. Yeah. I'll take you where you need to go. Yeah. Just follow me. Hear me. Listen to me. Commit to me." Maybe you don't have that kind of relationship. I encourage you to get it. I encourage you to walk with the Lord,、Amen. talk with the Lord, get a relationship with Jesus Christ. Kevin is 16 years old. He needs to have a 16-year-old relationship with Jesus Christ. The baby out there is five years old. He needs to have a relationship with a baby with five-year-old relationship. Somebody that's 42. Have you a 42-year-old relationship with Jesus Christ? If you are 55, if you're 57, 29, 81, 92, have a Jesus Christ relationship that allows you to serve and use the gifts He gave you. And when you look at The sea being open,、mm-hmm. and your gifts are in the sea, and your gifts are in the sea, and the whole kingdom's gifts are in the sea.、Right. The world will be changed,、right. and because、right. of people like Dr. Martin Luther King, because of people like you and me, because of people like the folks who don't come, because of all things through Christ,、yeah. this world can be changed and transformed. Will you stand? For we shall overcome.